Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to Handle Your Scandal, the podcast. I'm your host, Mara Watkins. What's up? Today we have... Let me just say, I know every week I say we have a super cool guest, but y'all, no. This woman is like the cool of the cool. I'm not even going to play with y'all. She is Sarah Vega, founder of DK Media, host of DK the Podcast, owner of Luho Tooth Polish and Whitening Services, and just an overall dope-ass cultivator of culture in the tri-state area. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Mata. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm cooling. You know, as cooling as cooling can be. I'm in the hood, so you might hear sirens. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I live in a big city, too. I'm used to it. At night, even, I'll be like, what's going on out there? But, you know, I mind my business. <laughs> I try to figure it out. But, yeah, so for everyone listening, I was introduced. Well, not actually introduced because it wasn't like, oh, hi, Mara. This is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. This is Mara. But my friend Daniel from the Plot to School podcast y'all know him i talk about him sometimes um he's a part of her network dk media and i followed her on instagram a few years ago i don't i don't it definitely is at least two years ago because that's when he started podcasting and i came across her and i was like yo she's dope like she's just super dope like if y'all not following her well we'll get into that later but she's just super dope (laughs) and i was like I gotta follow her. And then I followed her and she just dope. She keeps it real. Like, not saying that it's rare to find people on Instagram who keep it like real, real, but it low key is. Like, <laughs> she does. Like, period. Like, I just love it. It's refreshing in the, the, the social media age. So, Sarah, I did a little brief intro, but tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, whatever you want them to know. What can I say? Uh, so, my name is Sarah Vega. I am the founder and creator of DK Media Networks, the DK the Podcast, and Luho Wellness LLC, where that hosts, well, that's the hub for Luho Tooth Polish, Luho Whitening, Luho Bling, which is the teeth jewelry, and coming soon, Luho Grills. Not the grills? Cleaning. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. That was exciting (laughs) for me. (laughs) Let me find out. Smile for me, Sarah. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, just got to capitalize. No, that's super dope. I love that. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. Is there anything else you want to say? I just got super excited because I've been wanting a grill since I turned 24. (laughs) No, uh, for now, that's pretty much what I do. Those are the things that people would like to know what it is that I actually put my hands on. But I like to consider myself just a creative businesswoman. You know, I have... I kind of was uh, catapulted into this. So creative entrepreneur, as much as I hate that word, but that's the title that you can say. All right. Definitely creative. Like y'all heard her say all the different (laughs) things she got her hands in. That's a lot. Not even going to hold you. That's a lot of different things. And I, I mean, just as somebody who's on the outside looking in, I think she does them all really well, or at least, you know, people share what they want to share, but I think you're really on good. On the outside looking in. Yeah, like, you, you <laughs> look like you do it all really well, and I enjoy following that. So, I know you recently celebrated a birthday. Happy Scorpio season. How did you celebrate? Thank you very much. To keep it a thousand, uh, I was mad because um, I'm 36, 
And there's certain goals that I haven't hit. And I was very reflective. I don't want to say I was mad. I was just reflecting on what's happened. It put me on a mood. But I had to change my perspective. And I'm glad for my friends that they definitely flipped the script on me and was like, listen, I know you don't have X, Y, Z, but you have this and this is what you created and this is what you've done. This is what you did in a pandemic. You know, don't see yourself as, oh, I didn't do this, you know? So I spent my birthday just reflecting what I've done, how I could be better and just changing the narrative, changing the trajectory of, all right, I'm here now. What do I have to do to not be in the same emotional space next year? Yeah, I think it's really important um, to reframe every so often. And I'm glad that you have friends that will like, you know, put like speak life into you and put that into perspective because um, I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes we can be our biggest critics, you know, especially because yeah. we know the goals that we set. And when we don't hit them, we're like, damn, like I told myself. By this time, this is what it was going to be. This is not what it is. But, you know, having friends that tell you like, girl, bump all that. You're still doing X, Y, and Z. I think that's really important, especially at a time like this, when people's mental health and all that is just, you know, we're all just trying to maintain wellness during these crazy times. So I'm glad that they were able to do that for you. And um, yeah, birthdays are, I feel like birthdays always either go one of two ways. It's either like you're super like lit or you're super reflective and you're like, damn, like I know a lot of people who cry on their birthdays. Like every year they're like, yeah, I cry on my birthdays. And I'm like, usually if I'm crying, it's because I'm drunk. But this year I wasn't doing nothing. So I was just like, oh, it is what it is. But I'm glad you could have like that moment of what do I need to do so that my next birthday I'm living it up. Keep right, it's not even living it up. It's just being self, you know, self-fulfilled, you know, making sure that, all right, I'm here now. This is what I've been doing. I reached this. Does it still reflect with my morals? You know, am I comfortable? You know, because I'm not turning up. I'm not drinking anymore. I broke up with Hennessy. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? So at this point, my big goal is to stop using filler words like so and like. Make sure I got a certain amount of money in my account. Make sure that whatever I'm doing now, now it counts. Yeah. That's true. She said broke up with Hennessy. <laughs> I've only ever had Hennessy like once. That was not a good experience for you, girl. But I get I get what I'm you good. mean. <laughs> I broke up with Hennessy. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, you said you turned thirty six. How have your thirties been compared to your twenties? And do you have That's any advice? Question. For people who are still in their 20s, 20-somethings out here? One, life's not a race. So anyone that's like, oh, set your this and that because, okay, let me make sure I word this properly and that I speak from experience and that I'm neutral about it. I have fun in my 20s. I'll say that. That I have a lot of heartbreak, that I have a lot of, you know, men issues and all that. Of course. 20s are for your mistakes. Whatever mistake you're going to do, do it then. While you're doing those mistakes, make sure that you are planning to be secure later on. You know, if you're, and I mean that in whatever way possible, if you are a nine to fiver or an entrepreneur, 
educate yourself on money and educate yourself on money thoroughly because the way that money catches up to you in your 30s it plays a part so if you can't handle your money in the tw in your 20s then you can handle your money now if you cannot handle five dollars you're not going to be able to handle five million damn so hold up <laughs> sorry i just want them to sit with that for a minute because i feel like that's a common thing i notice of my friends and my 20 somethings like she said if y'all can't handle five dollars you can't handle five million y'all need to write yeah. that one down period i'm sorry yeah. continue <laughs> no it's, it's true because credit your money insurance what we were just talking about before this all of that plays a part you know if you choose to live your life however sexually you choose it you sit there and you stand on that so if you want to go and fuck random guys and call it living your best life, then stand on that. But just know what you're doing because soul ties are a real thing. You know, whatever, however you choose to share your body is a real thing. If you are out here fucking for free and I'm just living my best life and not taxing these people, then I will go back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? Sex, love, relationships your emotions, you're maturing that in your 20s. So make the mistakes now and make sure you know what you're doing with your body, who you're sharing it with, the energy you're exchanging. I'm not judging people for doing what they're doing. I had my whole phase and it was extensive, but it was necessary because even then, when I was in my earlier 20s, I still had a standard that I follow now. And right. those are things that you have to understand while you're young. It'll translate and make more sense when you're older. But it's like, what is your core belief when it comes to sex, love, relationships, your friendships? You know, another thing is people are going to walk out of your life. The people that you're, you know, doing it up in L.A. or going on these wild ass vacations, they're not going to be there when you're older if you don't nurture those relationships. And if they don't nurture you, it's okay if people that you've been friends with since, uh, you know, since kindergarten, if they walk out, they walk out. It is okay to outgrow relationships. It's okay. As long as, you know, it's not some he said, she said, or you did this or whatever. If you happen to outgrow your friend, don't force it. It's okay. Walk out. And also, you're the victim in someone's story. You're the villain in someone's story. Make sure you know which one you are and make sure you take accountability for what you have contributed to whatever demise has happened. If you're broke, how are you the villain? Why are you brunching when you know you got to pay rent? These are things that in your 20s, you better learn how to take accountability for what you do. And that can carry on to your 30s. Damn, hold up. <laughs> First of all, she read me for filth. No. <laughs> Hold on, I had to uh, had to adjust my adjust myself because uh, no, nah, I felt flip your bang, flip <laughs> the bang over. No, that's some real shit. Like for real, um, you know, I'm later twenty, so a lot of these things you're talking about, I've been uh, contemplating on recently, especially the outgrowing friend thing. I feel like you know, it's it's hard. Like I was talking to my friends about this. Uh, not recently, recently, but within the year about how like we were so socialized to prioritize romantic relationships and stuff like that, that when we go through a breakup, 
with a, you know, our partners, we know what that looks like, but nobody tells you how to deal with like a friendship breakup or like just, you know, friends growing apart. Like we don't think about that. You think, oh, my friend, like after a certain age, you're like, oh no, these are my girls. These are my friends for life. And it's like, that's not always the case. And yeah, that's just, that's some real shit. Uh, I felt dragged a little bit, but that's all right. I'm going to keep it pushing. (laughs) No, I appreciate the honesty. Like, I really do appreciate the honesty. I think it's a lot of, a lot of stuff, especially earlier 20 somethings that we don't consider, um, you know, cause it is fun. I mean, yes, twenties are definitely for like getting all the dumb shit out the way. That's what I consider it. Like twenties are for getting all the dumb shit out the way. Not to say once you're like 30 or 40 or whatever, you're not going to maybe slip up here and there, but definitely not at the the rate that you'd be slipping up in your 20s. And I would hope not, at least. I don't know what a life like that would look like if you were still on the same shit at 21 that you are at 31 or 35 or whatever. That's just sad. Yeah. (laughs) I know 20. I'm not even near. I'm 27. I'm not even in the same building as 21 year old me was so we love to see the growth but no i appreciate you being honest and sharing that with us so we're gonna get a little bit more into you know knowing more about you i want my guests to really uh, understand who you are as a person so earlier i mentioned that you know you are a cultivator of culture in the tri-state area how has being from new york New Jersey shaped you as a person and creative. And if I said the city name wrong, please correct me because I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, for one, thank you for the title, a cultivator of culture, because that's what I would, that's what I imagined myself doing all these years. And in my 20s, I was, my big hope dream was uh, to be a, once stop saying a, uh, but to be an editor, to be an editor of a magazine, I was really big on that. And I got to it at certain levels. But, you know, things happened. The Great Recession happened at the time and everybody lost their jobs. It was it was wild. It was a wild time for paper and publishing, you know, because the Internet boom was coming in. Right. And, you know, it's that was the big hoop dream. So now that preludes to this being from North Newark, how people say New Ark. <laughs> Native say it like with an O. It's like an O and it's a quick thing like North. That's it. N-O-R-K. You know, it's not like New York, New York. N- no, North. That's it. Right. But that's, you know, that's just a Native thing. <laughs> but being from here and I was just having this conversation with myself and others, even though I was born and raised in North New Jersey, I have family in New York City. Right. Which is literally a 30 minute thing. 30-minute train ride. They lived in Washington Heights, which is Manhattan, uptown Manhattan. Then when I was getting into publishing and the magazines and all of that, it was a lot of New Yorkers and everyone was always, I'm from Queens. I'm from this. I'm from Brooklyn. I'll say, oh, I'm from Jersey. Oh my God, Jersey. I'm like, I'm from North. Y'all better check it out. (laughs) And you know, people already had that preconceived notion about North being ghetto and you, you know, don't park your car here because, you know, you'll get your car gets stolen or you'll be on four cinder blocks by the end of the day. And, you know, most of it is true. Like, we're not going to front like it's not. But because of the Jersey stigma, the Newark stigma, the Dominican stigma, it made me really fight for my identity 
and my place wherever I was. That might not have translated in the best ways in my younger years, but now as an older person, someone with a little bit more maturity and wiser, it's helped me fight for my identity and where I stand in a way more subdued fashion, right? I'm very vocal about where I come from, what I do and how I do it, because if you stand in your truth, no one can use it against you. I did it, so what? Now what? Who gonna check me? You get what I mean? Yes, that's so also a word. So certain things like that, you know, being adamant about my place in life, being adamant about my identity, where I stand, what I look like, what I can offer, that's helped me get to wherever I'm at now. And it's helped me achieve certain things that I didn't think I could. And this was all while battling depression, fear, doubt, my own faith in God, because it's okay to question your faith in God. You know, it's okay for you to go to your God, whoever you decide to serve. I serve Jesus Christ and be like, yo, what's really good? Like, you know, I, I tithe, I do this, I read the Bible. Why is things not happening? But it's helped me to accept me and where I am and that I don't have to model myself to anyone else. And that's kind of what helped me be who I am online. Right. Like what you see is what you get. I'm not I'm not going to tell you all my business because I do like mystery. I like that y'all don't know everything. That's but like a Scorpio lot of coming through as well. Yeah, like you're not about to know all my business. But the things that people have tried to use against me, like certain past, you know, that I have certain jobs that I've had, certain actions I did. You know, people will try to, oh, because I remember when Sarah was doing this. Yeah, I did it and I have fun. Now what? You still doing it. <laughs> now what? Right. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. I'm very much like, that's my sense of self, my core sense of self uh, has helped me and that way i don't get easily swayed right damn are you okay <laughs> yeah no i'm just like really reflecting on like that's you you just be dropping the bombs and i be re like girl it's still a little early over here for me i don't even think my coffee has kicked <laughs> so i'm like that's some real shit like people really will try to just you know, bring up some shit that's old and it's like, for what? We're not there. I mean, you're not there anymore. They might still be there. And it's like, I just really think it's so important. Like you keep repeating it. And I think it really um, needs repeating, like to just stand in your truth. So people can't be throwing stuff in your face. Like um, a lot of people struggle with that. And it's like, if you did it, you did it. And, you know, I, I think that's so important to keep in mind, but also just like, you mentioning like where you come from and how that has shaped you as to this person who's like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Like, I'm not going to try to fit into what you think I should be doing or who I should be. And I think that definitely comes through in your work and that comes through your online presence. As I was saying earlier, that's why I love following you. You just really are who you are and you don't make apologies for that. And I think that's something that people could stand to learn, to be honest, because a lot of people are afraid to be themselves and afraid to be like to live in their truth 
and be who they are for the internet or even in real life too. Right. And, you know, for you to say, oh, you know, the, the, it's not even like this big word of standing in your truth because to stand in your truth, you have to learn to forgive yourself. Right. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. I'll say it one more time. That's hard to truly forgive yourself and the actions you've committed against yourself and others. Mm-hmm. Yes. Once you learn that you're the villain in someone's story, you'll learn to forgive others a little bit better. Because if you don't want people to be have a hard heart towards you, you can't do the same. Now, there's a checks and balances system you got to follow, obviously. Right. But be real. You've done some shit to people. I have done some shit to people. I've said things I don't mean. I fucked up money on the table out of pride. I've done stupidities in the name of my pride. And one day when I was in my 20s, someone really told me, a friend that I no longer speak to. But I'll never forget what he told me. He said, one day your pride is going to kill you. And it almost did. Damn. And I had to really buckle down. And that's when I really learned the art of a lot of self-reflection. I learned the art of self-awareness. And I have a checks and balancing system that I follow myself. God be in the center. But I live a human life. So it's like, okay, what would Jesus do? But in the same token, how can I take that and apply it in an earthly realm? Yeah, that's important. You know, we do tr- strive to be in his image. But sometimes, I be telling people all the time, you know, I'm trying to be enlightened. I'm trying to be that person. But I'm also still human and I will be fucking up. <laughs> I can't. Right. God is perfect. I am not. <laughs> right. Exactly. As long as you know that, then you're good. But while God is perfect and you're not, there's things that you can control. Right. Definitely. So we mentioned, you know, how Nork. Am I? Am, do I sound local? No, just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> I know how that shaped you as a person and, you know, inspired you as a creative. Um, are there any people who have inspired you as a person or a creative? I mean, <laughs> let me laugh. Sorry. Let me let me let me laugh because let me talk to you about online people and inspiration, bitch. Oh, all right, I'm listening. So during peak quarantine, peak COVID, a lot of my faves were exposed for bullshit that they did and proven. And I'm talking to you with like a little tear in my eye because I was so in awe of these people at one point and I wanted to talk to them and you know I got to work with them and you know these people have treated me like shit I was sexually harassed all of that Mm. so at this very moment the people that inspire me are just people on the street or the people that have been exposed during that time whatever with cancel culture their works, what they've done inspires me. Who they are does not. Right. And now when it comes to inspiration, I look to see who inspires me at an ethical level. Mm. Because let me tell you, I am a Jay-Z stan. But at the end of the day, he fucked Kanye out of his masters, right? That's what I read. Yeah, no, he did. 
Okay, yeah. And it's and it, and it's coming out. You know, it's coming out. So yeah, Kanye is who he is. He's crazy, whatever. Trump, blah blah blah. But there had to be a catalyst to start that, right? And I love Jay Z. I am a stan. Okay, I modeled Deacon Media Network after Rock Nation as best as I could with the money I got. You know, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I love Diddy. Love. I think Diddy to me is the most finessing ass Scorpio there is. He mm. is a toxic favorite. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. is the man toxic? Absolutely. Especially after a lot of the rumors that have been swirling around have been like confirmed girlfriend. Yeah. It's, you know, it was a hard look that I had to be like, wow, so I was idolizing these people. But behind closed doors, they're very human. They're still very human, still very power hungry, still trying to prove a point. Now what I do is I just, and I apologize for the text messages. What I do now is I, I, I study everyone. I'm inspired even by my enemies, even by people that I would never in this life would model after or don't want them at. Like, I just look at how they do shit and flip it for me and how I could turn it ethical. At the moment now, my biggest inspiration are all these young black entrepreneurs. What do they look like? How do they dress? You know what I mean? My yeah. biggest inspiration now is me 20 years ago because I was a bad bitch. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So, it's like, what did I wear back then that I, cause I was my biggest, my first love, my very first love is word and fashion. I wanted to be a fashion editor so badly because the way I wanted to cultivate culture was to tell y'all what to wear through a magazine. And I reached it to a certain capacity, but not the capacity that I wanted. And back then I took a lot of risks with my fashion. I look ridiculous. And now I translate that to how can I harness that energy where I will walk around like this is my armor. My gear is my armor. My fashion is my armor. My style is my armor. And you're going to sit back and you're going to enjoy it. And that's what I've been doing now. And you do it well. Let me just say, I be loving the <laughs> looks. Like, you you know I be in your DMs like flame emoji, flame emoji. Like, you really be dressing and you really know how to push it together and... I love that. I, I love, like, I'm not a fashion girly per se. I'm more of like an athleisure, you know, it is what it is. But I love people mm -hmm. who can dress. Like, that's like, I love watching. And especially, like, I remember when I first followed you, the sunglasses. I was like, I've never that's seen somebody. Thing, girl. I've never seen somebody rock any type of sunglass that is on the planet. And if you pull it off, like, that's like a talent, even though it's, I mean, People, I, don't, I consider dressing well a talent because some people be rich it is. and can't, and they just buy a bunch of designer and they still not fly. They still, they just look crazy. So I think style, style is a muscle. And if you don't work it out, it's going to go bad. You know, just like cooking, mm -hmm. cooking is a muscle and there's certain things that are innate. You know, my cousin, the one that I'm always posting, her name is uh, Susana. Shout out to her. She can cook her ass off. Like, whatever you want made, she knows how to do it. 
I know how to cook like maybe a grandma, you know, like, oh, it's good. This is good. You're going to remember this in Thanksgiving. But I can't open up no restaurant. Right. She could. And, you know, her style, she has very innate sense of style, but she's not edgy. That's me. And that's just something I was born with. Right. You know, so it's different things. It's just different ways. And before, this is another gem drop for your 20s. You're not going to find who you are in your 20s, at least not till you're 25. Yeah. You know, you're going to compare and contrast to everyone. It takes a little while to sit and be like, yo, this is me and this is how I am. And these are my best attributes. And this is what I'm, how I'm going to live my full self. So at the moment, I'm my biggest inspiration. And that's a whole goal in itself, to be inspired by your own self. Because as I was mentioning earlier, even myself, you know, sometimes people struggle with that. And I think that's um, something to work towards. You mentioned, and you keep mentioning, because it's important, that in everybody's story, you know, some stories you're the victim, some stories you're the villain, and it's important to know you know, which one that is and being accountable. But, you know, in your time, maybe being the villain, what are some of the misconceptions you've heard about yourself that you found surprising? Like, you know, you, you've you worked toward this level of accountability, but still sometimes he'll be having us fucked up, like, period. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, totally. So what's something that you've heard that you're like, oh, word? Uh, what have I heard that I was like, oh, word? Mm, well... I don't consider myself a jealous person. I don't. But I've had my friends be like, oh, you can be very jealous. And I'm like, how? Because I'm thinking jealousy, like almost envy or I don't want you to be around my friend. Like, you know, stuff like that. But they've said it like, no, you're very territorial. Once Mm. you, right, they're like, once you kind of, and I always say that too, like once I piss on my hydrant, like that's my hydrant. Right. And one thing that I've, you know, and I think it's cute and funny at the same time. But, you know, I had to really check like, okay, why do I have this with my friends? Because with a man, I've never really been territorial. Right. So how most people, how you said earlier, you know, my romantic relationships, but what do friendships look like? For me is I've had friendships and friendship breakups. What does a romantic severing look like? You know, because for me, men were always disposable. Right. Like, you know, my friends are what I expected to be there. Right. But now it's switching and I am territorial. So how can I ease up on that? How can I give you your space to be you, you know, romantic or not? And my one, my one, oh my God, my one toxic trait, (laughs) my one very big toxic trait about myself is, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but. I've always been the person that people have taken the credit. You know, I do something, people, other people take the credit. I've given up an idea. I've always wanted to be recognized for what I do. Always. And I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And recently, as of late, I had a mirror. I'm not going to say who. They're going to be very gender neutral. But I had a mirror to someone who was acting like me about five years ago. And it bothered me so much. That I went to counseling for it. Because I'm like, why is this bothering me? Why is this bothering me? Why are they acting like this? Why do they want so much credit? And I had to really be like, bitch, you used to be this way. So what? what is it that you want so much credit for? If you know 
what you've done in this lifetime, someone will always be your receipt, right? Right. So when people talk about Luho and, oh my God, what an overnight success. No, it was not. This was done because I was taught how to take care of my teeth at 13. And then I took the initiative, as we were talking earlier and how I ranted on Instagram, because I've had no choice but to take care of my own teeth because I didn't have insurance. I didn't have access to a lot of money. And at the end of the day, I knew my my cure for low self-esteem was always my smile. So let me take care of it as best as I could. Then I had the mirror that someone was saying certain things about my product and my services. And I was like, wait, hold up now. But then I had to really check myself like, okay, why is this bothering me? And why won't this person let up? That person wants to be recognized and that person wants their ego stroked and that person wants, you know, clout too. We all do. We all want validation. But if you know you're doing something and you're doing it well and you're doing it to a point where people recognize you, there's not one motherfucker on this earth that could take that away from you. And I've had to learn that the hard way. But that was my biggest toxic trait. If I put you on, I would want the credit for it. I've had to chill, yo, magnificently. <laughs> like I've had to chill on that. Yeah. Because if not, what am I going to do? Why am I here? Motherfuckers ain't going to give me credit all the time. Man. And that's okay. And if they steal my credit, I got receipts. I have receipts. But I don't have to pull out those receipts unless it's absolutely necessary. At this point, you want to take credit for my shit? Be my guest. We'll see how later on, because baby, there's something about them tables and how they turn. We'll see if you really did it for me. We'll see. I feel like that that comes with like just being in all these different industries so long that you realize that people really just will not cite their sources. People will not, like you said, you're never going to get everybody that should give you your credit to give you your credit. And I feel like you had to adapt that way to just have a peace of mind because it's like right. you probably were super angry. I'm not trying to like you know project anything onto you, but you're probably super angry because people were not doing that and it's like at what point is it detrimental to you like the credit like not getting credit is detrimental but also being pressed about it is detrimental as well so it's like like you mentioned earlier just a balancing of like okay I'll pull out the receipts when it's absolutely necessary but you know you can't spend all this time uh hyper focusing on that so that's really interesting yeah so you know, we talked about, I, I'm not even going to say it because I feel like I'm just saying it wrong. But, um, you That's talk, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it. So you talked about Nork being, you know, earlier you mentioned how people just think it's the ghetto and they're not necessarily wrong. But, you know, what are some other misconceptions about Nork? Um, and also you mentioned being Dominican and... You know, so what are some misconceptions about one Nork, the city, and then Dominican culture that drive you crazy? Well, there are so many things. Well, in Nork, what pisses me off is people think that it's like some faraway land, right? It's literally thirty minutes from NYC. That mm-hmm. one. Second, that there's no culture here. 
we had to create our own because again, New York City and like as a person who has one foot in there their entire life, you know, they New Yorkers, East Coast people, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. We are some proud motherfuckers, okay? Because Connecticut don't fall far behind with their, oh, I'm from Hartford, I'm from here, I'm from where, you know. Right. We all have that sense of pride. But being from North and just juggling NYC and North at the same time, it was that. We don't have culture. We don't have this. We don't have that. No, bitch. Like, we have all of that. You just don't want to cross the bridge because you don't want to cross the bridge. And now with gentrification, they're all coming over here. Hmm. That's why they're char- they're charging us. They're they're taxing us to breathe out this bitch now. You know, and like it was always expensive out here, but now with the influx of everything going on, there you know a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of Connecticut people, a lot of you know uh oh boy, what do you call that? You know, it's uh out of towners. You know, people from upstate New York. That's what I was looking for. Upstate people are coming here. And it was already expensive to live out here. Now it's even worse. And now is when people are like, oh, because the Newark scene. I'm like, one, you're seeing the quote unquote Newark scene during a fucking pandemic. So you're not really seeing shit. That's right. one. Second, we've always had it. It's just y'all wasn't up on it. That's my biggest, like, I can't stand when people say that Nork is really, really corny. Because now at the given moment in New York City, everything is closed at 8. So now what? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I always will have, like, a, a deep, deep, like, love and appreciation for New York City. I still consider it my city and Nork and all of that. But now with all these people coming from all these different p- transplants, when people say, oh, you should have been around for like from the seven, like the 80s or 90s up, I fully agree. I need to see now what Newark and New York City and Connecticut and like the surrounding areas are going to be like. Because, you know, Philly's not that far from Jersey or New York City. And Philly's another hub of so many different things that's going on. And now, like, how they would be like, oh, Newark is the sixth borough and everyone is like arguing against it and there's debates. Now they're considering Philly as part of the tri-state and everyone's like, it's the tri-state, not the quarterly state. You know, it's, it's always <laughs> right. something. You know, it's, it's always something. But my biggest thing is that we have our culture. We have our, our ways. We have our appeal. There's a reason why people come here now. And it ain't gentrification. Right. People, people really just... <laughs> There's this saying, and it's like, just because you're new to, I think it's from Feminista Jones on Twitter. It's like, just because you're new to me doesn't mean I'm new to this. And I feel like that can apply to cities too. Like, just because it's new to you doesn't mean that it hasn't always been great. I feel like low-key, now that California is really getting super expensive, um, we're like, whatever about Vegas. Because Vegas is very close to California, but not too close. We're about four hours from LA and it's like now people are trying to move here and I'm like what happened to Vegas just being the strip and not not being shit but now it's like no we actually have a Vegas culture and yeah it's nightlife but it's also there's so many different neighborhoods in Vegas and I feel like I can relate to what you said about like people 
you know, now it's like, oh, Vegas is so cool. But it's like Vegas has been Vegas. Right. But Vegas has always had its charm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't really remember any like growing up hearing anything bad about it. Except maybe like prostitution and drugs and shit, which is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the thing. People will talk about Vegas. Yo, it's lit. It's this. It's that. But the first thing they want to talk about to down it is the drugs, the sex work. Well, yeah, because there's not much to do outside of a certain area. So what do you expect? You get what I mean? And it's like, that's not the only thing there is. There's a huge rockabilly culture. There's, you know, all the marijuana shit. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not a native and I don't know, but I've been to Vegas enough times and I've been through to different uh, areas of it that is more than just getting fucked up on the strip because I don't even go to Vegas for that shit no more. I avoid the strip. Well, I keep saying this phrase and I feel like it's not appropriate due to us being in a pandemic, but like I avoid the strip like the plague. If I come out, if you come to Vegas... (laughs) And I go to the strip for you. That's how you know you actually are really important in my life. Because I really try not to go to the strip when everything was open and normal. Because it's just a mess over there. It's like Vegas is a decent... Like the price of living over here is not too bad. But the strip, they just be taxing out the ass. Like you want $30 for this whatever that I could get at a little mom and pop restaurant probably a few miles away for way less like no i avoid the strip but yeah i feel like people just always have misconceptions about you know places they're not from and something i've tried to do in my life as i get older is like really just when i go places yeah i want to do the touristy shit but also like you're from here tell me what you actually do in your day-to-day where do you actually eat when you're not trying to show people um, the city or the whatever you know what I'm saying I think that's really important and that's how you get to learn a culture of somewhere not just being touristy or trying to be in there now because it's hip and it's happening when it low-key has been hip and happening you just wasn't put on yet right and I feel that also contributes because a lot of people from New York City don't live don't live oh, my accent is crazy <laughs> <laughs> they don't leave New York City often just like there's people in North New Jersey, okay, that have only been to certain parts of New York City and we live 30 minutes away. Right. To them, New York City is 42nd Street and it's like, girl, some people have not have never been to Philly, you know, and I just be like, wow, so you never left like North North. That's crazy. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I feel like there was some shade in that and <laughs> there's know, a lot of shade in that yeah people just be having these they don't go nowhere then they have these limited world views I can't even say world views because they haven't even left the country so limited country views I don't know how you want to talk about it but I face that a lot with my family back in Ohio them some people who do not leave okay like <laughs> they don't even like flying and I'm like you never gonna really exp- I mean I don't that sounds kind of mm, I want to be careful of how I say that no, you know, I, no I get what you're saying and you know what we need to chill with that because yes there's p- politically correct and then there's facts if you don't leave your city at some point to go see something else you're just gonna be stunted to that mm-hmm. but if you choose that if you're not interested in that that's okay too I right. just choose not to live my life that way 
Right. That's what I was trying to say. Like, I'm not trying to judge anybody on what they're trying to do with their life. But it's also like one of the biggest what I think is one of the biggest strengths that I have as a person is that I'm very good at like trying to, you know, just, you know, Vegas is very diverse. This is a city where every like there's there is a subsection of people who are born and raised Vegas, but also a lot of people move here from different places. So growing up, I always had these different experiences with different cultures, different you know, and I feel like if you don't live in a city like that, you're not like some of the stuff I hear my family say out there. I'm like, yo, like, are you in like the 1950s? Like, what's going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, yes, I don't want to down people because, you know, traveling is not always accessible and like certain types of traveling, like leaving the country. But you can always drive an hour or two and see something different or fly for like a cheap flight for like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of people are not open to that. Like, to <laughs> rest his soul, my grandpa took a train from Ohio to my graduation in high school because he was afraid of flying. And I'm like, that's crazy. You've never been anywhere where you could just hop on a flight. And he had money. Like, we've, you know, so it's just crazy to me that people are so committed to, like, that life. But, you know, I ain't trying to judge. I'm, you know, I'm trying to not judge people as much as I get older. But, yeah, that's Listen. just wild to me. I am, I'm actively working on that too. Cause that is another toxic superpower of mine. I will judge you. Child. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard, but you know, self-awareness that you mentioned earlier, self-awareness is key. And once we're aware, we can try to do better. That's what I, I'm currently in that part. I'm trying to be better. You know, God's still working on me, but I'm trying to be better. <laughs> Nah, I'm trying to be better too, girl. I am trying to be better every day. I do my best to be a better person than I was yesterday. That's it. That's all you could do. I know that's right. So I kind of packed the question really a lot earlier. So um, also, I just want to bring it back to like misconceptions about Dominican culture. Because, you know, you talked a lot about mm -hmm. Nork, but I feel like that's a very big part. Well, at least when I think of you, that's a very big part of your brand i mean hello dk is like from my understanding a dominican saying am i wrong yeah okay no, yes yeah. okay so like that's a big part of your identity and your brand so what are some misconceptions about dominican culture that you know piss you off to me it's so much right now that like what can you say you know um a lot of it is that yes Dominicans or Dominican culture itself has been brought to light with a lot of the racism and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of the hurtful language and the history that Dominican Republic has and all of that is valid but my biggest thing is that that everyone does not accept their blackness or that everyone is racist against Haitians, mm -hmm. you know, that, and even though I joke, I joke with it all the time, that, you know, Dominican men ain't shit, they got secret families and things like that, and, you know, it's partially true, but <laughs> those are some things that I can't stand, and even though it is true, but it's also a misconception that you know, it's a big Dominican women over there are always down for the cause. And that's not true. You know, a lot of P 
people see Dominican Republic as a sex tourism spot, and it is because, unfortunately, the way the government and other things beyond our control has played, women from poor parts of the country have had to rely on sex work. And who's going to pay them? These wild-ass Europeans, these mm -hmm. Americans. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the African-Americans. I can't. You know, let's be real. I've heard so many conversations. Yo, if you want to go get your dick sucked for whatever amount of money, all these bitches, yo, go to DR, go to Boca Chica. They got you, girl. Yo, give them bitches $200. Forget it. You got a whole week. You know? Like, mm. some of the shit I've heard is disgusting. Right. Mm. And I've gone to Dominican Republic, you know, and people will say that I don't, everyone has a polish. You know, people know that I wasn't necessarily born there or I was raised there. But they know I got a certain American swag, you know, el brillo americano, as people like to say. And I've had people, tourists, come up to me and proposition me. And I'm just like, what? You're kidding me, right? And it'll be like, at first, one time it was, you know, a European man. And another time it was like an American-ass guy from New York. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, son. Right. And, you know, I've had, like, men have asked my mom when she was younger and all fly and shit, and I'm like right next to her. I'm like, what? And they're, and they're asking for my mother. Like, can I buy your mom? Ugh, that's... And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Not all Dominican women are here for your fucking leisure. Right. No, Dominican women are not just here to cook and clean for you. And that can be towards Afro-Caribbean Afro culture, Afro-Caribbean women. And no, not everybody hates Haitians. Not everyone is going to fight Haiti. And I understand where the anger comes from. I get it. I understand. I was around in the 90s with the whole Balaguer political party situation, which was another fucking fiasco. I was old enough to understand when my parents and my family would talk about Trujillo and the damages he's done. I get it. I know where the anger is coming from. But... You're already going to take a poor country with all this terrible history and now they're treating Haitians like they do Mexican people here. And I understand the anger, but no, not everybody denies their blackness. No, not everybody denies where they come from. And no, not everybody hates the Haitians and no, nobody hates whatever is going on with them. Some people believe Haitian people need their rights too in the Dominican Republic. Like, there are people fighting for that cause and not everyone thinks that way and no Dominican women are not here for your consumption when you feel like it because you want to you got $200 and you got a week off over here and not all Dominican men suck not all of them are cheaters not all of them are gonna have secret babies yes a few of them well more than a few of them do but not is not to that point yeah and I wish that as a whole Dominican people will understand that and come together because a lot of the culture that is now popular, like the J Balvin's and the Rosalia's or whatever, mm -hmm. all that stems from them both. That's Dominican, that's Dominican culture, which is black culture, which is African culture. Right. Exactly. And my last misconception, which I mean, I've experienced this. And I sometimes complain, but I want to destigmatize that, that Dominican people don't work together. They don't. A lot, of, a lot of those people do not 
work together because it's like a crabs in a barrel mentality or if you're the top dog, then I have to stay here. Unfortunately, I've seen it play out in music and industries and things like that. But I'm going to refuse to believe that that's really true. And I will definitely do my best to move differently. That's all we can do. That's that's really all you can do. I mean, you know, I feel like also with Dominican Republic, people who are not of the culture hear certain jokes being made and they like to like, you know, go with those as well. And I feel like it's like if you were to like be upset with your mom and you say like, oh, she's being so annoying. But then if somebody else is like, your mom's annoying, you're like, do you want to fucking fight? Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's the same. (laughs) Like... Like, you know, you're allowed to make those jokes because that's your culture. And those are your, I don't want to say you're a man like they belong to you, but like, you know, they're men of your culture and that's fine. But it's like when outsiders come in and try to make those same jokes, it's like, yo, yo, pump your brakes. Like you don't, mm -mm." and I feel like that's important for people to be mindful of. Very important because there's many things that I've done in the name of political, political incorrectness that weren't right. You know, now I know better and I'm not going to do those things. But, you know, when people like the Puerto Rican Dominican thing, at least out here in the East, that has been like a long standing, stupid, pointless feud. And there's been people that have come at me with that with that feud. And I've said some dumb shit about Puerto Rican folks. And mind you, I've been raised around them. A lot of my best friends are Puerto Rican. My lifestyle, like they're just around me. I've dated Puerto Rican men. But I've said some stupid shit in the name of trying to get back to them. And that's where, again, that toxicity of credit and I have to be right and I have to... No, at this point now, it's at this stage in the game, I've just learned to shut the fuck up. And that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I wasn't expecting you to say that that way, so that's why I'm laughing. Because I'm like, you know... Shut, I always tell people, shutting the fuck up is free. Sometimes I just got to shut the hell up and mind my business. And, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And you can't mm-hmm. internalize that. And that's just mm-hmm. what it is. You don't want to let people. I try not to let people get in my skin that I act um, in emotion instead of like, you know, let's sit with this for a little bit and then respond. But people that's do what be I've trying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, that was a really insightful conversation. I mean, this is probably one of the longer um, getting to know the guest sections that I've had. But I feel like you dropped so many gems and not just like your own personal gems, but just, you know, things to think about as people engaging with other cultures, other areas. Um, Because I really do think like what you said about like Dominican culture, especially it's like, it's so different when people try to down something that's a part of like your culture and you making jokes about it. People begin too familiar and especially familiar and especially (laughs) online. I feel like people really begin way too familiar because now that everybody's on social media, people really be thinking they know you just because they have a little bit of more access to you than probably, you know, in 2000 or whatever. I was only seven. So But I'm going to just say, like, people really get too familiar and they think it's all good. And it's like, no, there's still, like, a certain boundary and a certain, like, you would not walk up to a stranger and talk to them this way. So why would you be that way online? I don't know. People be doing too damn much on the Internet sometimes for me. Right. 
But yeah, now we're going to get to the section about your creative endeavors, your, your, you know, your brand, your everything. So let's start with, well, I don't know if this is the beginning. I'm going to just, this is how I came to know you. So I'm going to say DK Media and DK the Podcast. So what inspired you to start your own media network? The fact that I wasn't going to get signed to another one. And it is what it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, if you can't make, if you can't get in there, you got to get in where you fit in. If you can't get in, create your own shit. I think, well, you know, you. I could go on a whole rant about this. I don't know. I feel like as a black woman, a lot of times people be striving to be in these white ass spaces. And I'm like, for what? Like, yeah, it sucks. We're excluded, but let's just make our own shit, period. Like, why fight to have crumbs where you could just have your own shit? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's that's how I feel. But what's been the most challenging part of running your own media network? Dealing with people and the personalities that I have to manage because I'm a solopreneur and I've been like that for a while. And, you know, a network can't just be one person. Right. So dealing with people managing a team, delivering the promises that you've told these people, you know, it's it's a big thing because you can't just keep working out of passion after some point you have to you have to monetize. Yeah. And with this network, uh I'm not I'm not this isn't my bread and butter, but it was, but it was my bread and butter of how I managed it to serve other purposes. So I was doing keynote speaking, uh, teaching people how to start podcasts, things like that. The podcast itself, the network itself is the face and it's what helps me get to other things. You know, I was recognized for like best content creator two years ago. I've been on a lot of different uh, podcasts and interviews, which I have to update my press section actually. And uh, it's, it's opened the door to many things. And the biggest thing it's helped with is people seeing me as a brand. Like, I'm the bag. Instead of, oh, I started DK, whatever. You know, I'm the bag. Mm -hmm. And that acknowledgement and the way people view me and how I presented myself online is what helped me to launch other things and, it, and for it to be successful. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, me, I'm just, you know, I was just talking about this, um, I don't remember who I was talking to, I'd be having a lot of conversations, <laughs> but I was talking about how, like, with your own blog and your own whatever, it's like, you know, if I want to do something, I'm gonna do it, if I want to add something to whatever, I'm gonna do it, but I feel like when you have a team, even though you're, like, the head honcho, you still gotta collaborate with people, because, you know, you do want them to feel like, well, do you, you do want them to feel like you know they're important to the vision and the brand right right so i, feel I like mean but that's everyone has to know their place right also you can't you can't have too many you know chefs in the kitchen right and you know that's the one thing about me and the people i work with that everyone knows their place and everyone treats it as such and i treat them as such and we share resources we pull together resources and we have, you know, managed to come across because I encourage them. I'm like, look, one day y'all not going to be with me. If you do, great. If not, what are you going to do? And I know sometimes someone will play me. And I know I've had people play me. I've had people walk away from me. 
I've had, I've had people come back and I'll be like, now nah, we're good. It's really a, a mindset of, all right, if I'm going to manage these people, how am I going to do it and do it in a fair way? Because I just told you, you know, it just came out. Jay-Z fucked uh, Kanye out of his masters. I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's going to be business moves that I'm going to make that I'm not going to be happy with, that I'm going to have to do it for the sake of me. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and then you could make the decision. And that's how I've presented every important thing with DK. When I started doing advertising, I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how much I'm going to take from you. Do you want to be a part of this or not? Mm-hmm. And then they make their choices, and they're all still here. See? And that's that's just really all it is, is giving people that choice, giving people that ability to make that decision. Because that's what makes shit like Jay-Z and P. Diddy not, you know, kind of despicable. Because it's like, oh, why you, you know, you move shady. That's just, I don't know. I ain't gonna get into it, because that's, <laughs> right, <laughs> that's right, a whole right, other right. thing. But, um, so you mentioned what's the... Well, you know, we're talking about what's the most challenging part. What has been the most rewarding part? Like, what is the most rewarding part of, you know, owning DK Media and managing it and just some something where you've been like, damn, like, that's dope. The fact that people listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, like some people will catch some shit like, yo, you really hit me when you said that about this and this episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> Right, because it's like when you're recording, you don't re- like. I mean, obviously, I, well, I don't know about you, but me, I don't listen to my own episodes. Like, as I only listen to them in like getting promo material for them. So, like, if I want to highlight a specific part, I'll listen to it up until that part. But I don't really listen to my own episodes because one, I'm like, you know, I was recording it. I don't want to. I don't know. I get self conscious about it a little bit. I'm working on that, but. You know, you just be talking, and then people be like, "Oh, I really appreciated when you said this," and you're like, "Oh, what?" Like. Well, me, sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember saying that shit, but I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, what? What? Okay. You know, but it's 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 rewarding that people trust me. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing, that people trust me and that people look forward to what I have to say and that they really take it. And some people take it like gospel. And I be that's why I'd be real quick, like, okay... Remember, I'm human. You know, this is what I've done. You right. know, because I don't want for you to be like, oh, because Sarah said this. No, no, Sarah didn't say shit. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I've had to step my game up and be very cool, calm, and collected and be very, you know, cognizant of what I do because there are people that see me that way. So I don't want to be. I don't want to be careless with that. Yeah, that's, you know, credibility is everything and mindfulness is everything, especially in the internet age where, you know, people have receipts. People. Yo, like a mug. They clocking. Some people be clocking you and it's like, you got to be real careful. Like me, I'm always very like mindful of that. You know what I mean? Like just making sure I know, like, I get it. you're mindful of what you're putting out because... You know, this internet is forever. And I feel like a lot of people don't really realize that. And that's why it's important to be very mindful of what you are putting out as content. And that's I feel like fact. people don't, people who aren't really like in the industry or don't do these things, they don't really understand as opposed to like certain things. Like people try to have me bring up certain things. And I'm like, you know what? Like, yes, 
you know, I'm a human, I'm this person, but also like, that's just not aligned with my brand. Like, I just can't do that. Like, that's, you know, and I feel like people don't get that. Right, right. So at the moment, you know, this, this is going to tie in together. I got you. Okay. So this is my best advice for anyone who's trying to be a creative entrepreneur in the sense that you are, you know, you're the back, right? People come and check you. So if you do something, they're not, they don't care if you have a clothing line out. They care that because it's you, right? When you get people's credibility and when you really invest in making sure that people trust you, that is a big deal because that segues into other parts of your business of you. Right. Because now you are your own business. Sarah Vega is a business. People have seen me talk about teeth, talk about struggle. They've seen my logos. They've seen me over the years. So nothing is a surprise. So the segue into Lujo and why that is so successful is because my, or and it's con- going to continue to be that. My logo for me is my mouth mm-hmm. with my teeth. So it's not like I'm here selling you some bullshit and, and trying to tell y'all about what to eat for your teeth because I want to be cute and because I want to know this is a real life shit. Like to anyone who's listening, I got denied for Medicaid and Medicare, whatever the hell you want to call it. I got denied for like the third time and I was mad as hell at the beginning of this interview. But I went online and I shared that. I shared that I was denied for Medicare for God knows how many times and that I was denied unemployment already for the third time because of whatever reason, because I'm not starving out in these streets. I have a successful business. Kill me for having a successful business, right? Right. But it's still, I don't have insurance. It would be nice to plan a dental visit Without having it to plan if I got to go to Dominican Republic to see my mom and then go to a dentist there that I could afford. Or to find one of those student programs where the dental hygienist is just starting out and trusting someone who's just learning how to deal with teeth with my teeth. So I'm planning doctor visits out of survival mode because I don't have insurance. So when I sell my product, which is Lujo Tooth Polish, is an activated charcoal blend artisanal blend of different things for your teeth which is baking soda and clay and there's a certain amount that you have to mix or else it'll really turn your teeth into shit Mm -hmm. i do that out of necessity not because i want white teeth not because oh my smile is my greatest attribute not because i'm vain all those things came yes but because it's because i never had insurance So what am I going to do in the meantime? Eat candy and eat fucked up and eat fast food all goddamn day because I don't have, because I'm too lazy and undisciplined to take care of my teeth. I have to take care of my teeth or else right now I just got denied. If I had a cavity, what what was I going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And those are the things that I try to be very like, and I'm sorry I'm being very, you know, passionate about no, this no, no. first you never but have this... to apologize for passion on this show <laughs> i love passion go off but this this is why social media pisses me off this is why influencers piss me off i'm not selling you something to just whiten your teeth it started out that way because that's what only that's the only thing people saw right but again 
I've never had steady insurance and this is a problem. And now it's affecting me even more because again, as a 36 year old woman, I've only probably had steady insurance for four years out of my entire adult life. Damn. That's a problem. Yeah. So why do I have to go through these hoops to go be seen by a dentist? Obviously, the U.S. healthcare system is a scam. So if it's you're going to be scamming me and making me pay all this shit, let me take care of myself. Right. So I can minimize so I can minimize whatever problems could occur. And even in a food desert, because I live in the hood, I had to downsize to make sure that my business can scale. That's one. That's the one thing people don't tell you about business. You got to downsize first. So I downsized living in the hood in a food desert where the only thing you see is a chicken shack, you know, a Dominican food spot, which is delicious, pizza, Chinese food, a bakery, you know, things you're not supposed to eat, mm-hmm. right? I've had to learn how to maneuver in a food desert so I can eat the appropriate nutrients for my health and for my teeth to avoid going to the doctor. Why do I got to do all that? You said. You get what I mean? Shit's a scam. Straight up scam. This shit, this shit is a scam. This shit is a scam. So when I sell my product and people are like, well, does it work? Yes, bitch. Yes, it fucking works. Because I've been using it my whole goddamn life. To avoid motherfucking cavities, bitch. Yes, it works. So fuck you and Crest and and whatever else you use. (laughs) I know what I make is good for me out of necessity. Right. Like, why? Necessity. That's the saddest part. Necessity. I do this to avoid going to the doctor. Because if you didn't know, most of your health problems come from your mouth. Mm-hmm. So you drink an Arizona iced tea, which I am guilty of. But if you drink Arizona iced tea all day, every day, I feel bad. Go drink some water. Go drink some green juice. Go make your own. Please drink some damn water. People be out here. I be people out here like, oh, I only had, I only had one water bottle today. Excuse me. What? Like no. First of all, we live in an actual desert, so. <laughs> like like not not to diminish food desert <laughs> but like we live no, in a desert yeah. desert why are you only drinking one bottle of water a day your insides they're screaming that's crazy to me every time i'm like excuse me you are a whole grown-ass adult please go drink some water if you listen to this right now sip your water bottle take two sips please. for me please right because i have some right in front of me me too and you know i i said it in a way and i'm saying it all fucked up and mad because it's true i I just got denied literally two hours ago for this shit. I'm mad as hell. So now I have to go back to my survival skills that I've had to teach myself. Okay, I'm not going to the doctors anytime soon. What can I avoid? What do I have to do? Few and far in between, right? Mm-hmm. Stock up on tea. Get your ginger. Get turmeric. Go to a health food store. There's health food stores in the hood. You just don't go. Right. You know what I mean? If you're going to go to the bodega, what can you eat? That's the best thing to eat there. Even if it's canned. Even if it's canned. What can you eat? That's the best thing. Right? If you're going to go get canned beans, rinse them out. Rinse them out. Rinse out your beans and make your food how you're supposed to. Do they only have spinach in a bag? Then get that spinach in a bag. Get you some bananas and get you an apple. Mix that shit up and drink it. There's ways around it. And it's very unfair that this is how we have to go around it. But for now, this is all we got. Because they don't want you to have health care. 
They don't want you, you know to have health care. They don't want you to have good teeth. They want you to have fucked up teeth and all kinds of shit. So you go and put yourself in incredible debt. Mm, talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's just really like... For everyone listening, we talk... I mean, I always talk to my guests before we actually start recording. And Sarah was so pissed. And it was like, there was really nothing I could say. But it's just like, I felt her like, no, like, really, I'm getting ready to get off my... We have to have insurance for my school. For school. So once I graduate in May, it's like, what am I about to do? Like, what am I... Like, what am I about to do? And it's the fact that we have to even think about these things. And then we know how underserved communities are, you know, the ones that are going to suffer the most when we don't have access to these things. And it's just a whole bunch of like, like she said, a scam. It's just a scam meant to put people in this hamster wheel of trying to take care of themselves. So it's like, you do have to do your part and, you know, for the best that you can in the circumstances that you're in, because the way that it's set up, they really do want you out here struggling, teeth rotting, health not good. I feel like uh, COVID kind of highlighted that, like, take care of yourself in every way that you can control. We can't control a pandemic, but we can control, like you said, drinking your fruit and vegetables, eating your fruit and vegetables, drinking your water, drink your damn water. If you listen it again, drink your water, like. Right. <laughs> to me, COVID, I emphasized them more. I was on it more because now we, re- we didn't even have the access to, you know, the student dental hygienists. We didn't have access to nothing. Right. So I was like, okay, let me step my game up. Let me step my coochie all the way up because what if I get COVID and I can't and I don't survive it because of my health? Right. Either way, because there's conspiracy theorists, there's people thinking COVID is not real. I don't give a damn. It's still flu season out this bitch. I don't want to get sick. Right. Right. I still don't have insurance, so I'm not going to be fucking willy nilly. And I'm not going to be eating all the, what I, I, re- I would love to eat a pint of ice cream every day. I would love to eat bullshit every day, but I'm not going to because it'll be detrimental to me. But that comes with self-discipline. How much self-discipline do you have? And during quarantine, like peak quarantine, however you decided to, to navigate that part of your time and life, it's okay. Some people gained weight. Some people didn't. Some people became business folks like myself mm-hmm. some people did not and that's one privilege i had i did quarantine by myself and i lived by myself so that wasn't to me quarantine was just another it was another time right right but th- there's no right or wrong way but now that you know and now that you have knowledge and now that you see what's really good what are you gonna do exactly that's that's really what it comes down to and i just want to touch back on earlier uh sarah was talking about how as a creative as a brand you have to have that credibility before you try to sell people things because you know like i said i've been following sarah for you know a few years i know that if she's saying something it's some real shit yes she's human but just from the way that she's carried herself online i know that if she's saying something it's real shit so if she's trying to sell something, I know she's not going to put her face on it, her brand on it, if it's not legit. So the fact that people be questioning you about your shit is really, like, mind-boggling to me because are they new here? Like, when has Sarah ever said some shit that was false? Or, you know, I maybe I'm just, I'm taking it personal for you, but I'm just like, what? Like, you know what? But this is, all right, you said a word. Let me tell you why. Now, 
I don't know what business you're trying to be in or what spinoff you're trying to do. And this is for everyone who's listening. You just said to me that you trust me enough not to put my face on everything, right? I I did that for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if I were to hop on everything that was trending, you wouldn't trust me. Exactly. Now, my core audience, the core people that fuck with me, right? Y'all feel offended when other people question me. And that's good. That means you, I've gained so much of your trust that you're willing to fight my battles. Right. And that I rem- happened. I remember you posted that on your story and I was like, well, hold up. I didn't tell you, but I was in my head like, she need to drop the username because I'll tell him right now. Like, don't be coming right. for her. And it's, and it's happened. And it's happened that people have fought my battle. So now... People don't come at me crazy no more because they know the type of beehive I have, right? <laughs> right. Now, now, the flip side is when you say, are you new here? They might not necessarily be new here. There's a lot of skeptics because there's a lot of people selling bullshit online. That's true. And it's true. That's true. Right? So I've had to learn not to take it offensively and just show and prove. I'm not uh tell you what to do. I'll show you with my actions. I lead by example. Hello. So with that said, when people are like, oh, my God, do you, you know, are you like, if they are new here, that means I'm needed. If you're asking me questions, you need me. So I'm going to deliver in a way where you're going to believe me and not question me again. And that's the and that's the side of business that you kind of have to get comfortable with because not everyone's going to be on your team. Not everyone's going to fight my battles. Some people are just casual followers and that's okay. Right. But with the casualness of that, I'm still going to behave in a way like if they were my hardcore followers, well, supporters, however, and, you know, show and prove. So you need those things. And when it comes to business, and now I'm not even talking about life shit, when it comes to business itself, it's a dirty game. Because there's your consumer, and then there's the people that are the skeptics, and then there's the bigger entity that wants to take all of it from you. So how how are you going to move in such a way that's really you, Mara Watkins, right? That even if, like, I don't know, let's just say John Jay comes over and tries to be like, oh, be an adjunct professor, however that shit works. And you're gassed, and you're like, okay, great. <laughs> but you're going to have to move in a way where it's distinctly, distinctively you, and they could never come and try to come for your shit. Right. And that's what I'm doing now. Because not only are they new followers or new skeptics or whatever, I'm also introducing a new thing. That's true. Everyone is programmed to paste and mint and Listerine, and whatever else. And those are all well and good. And activated charcoal is nothing new under the sun. FYI, the Moors used to use this. Hello. Okay? So this is nothing new under the sun. However, what is new under the sun is an Afro-Caribbean woman from the hood with great teeth that comes from a place where great teeth are not it. That comes from a place that in the hood, everyone has a missing side molar. And it's hard to accept that from you, from people. Like people are having, some are having a hard time accepting that. Like, well, 
oh, what makes you an expert? And that's why I decide to teach. My right. best selling technique is I teach you why. And then you could do whatever you want. But you'll come back to this side. Right. That's true. I didn't even consider that. Like, yeah, there are a lot of people out there that will literally just throw their name on anything. I had a whole blog post about how I personally go about deciding what brands to collaborate with as like a blogger, influencer, or whatever. Because some people really just don't give a damn. And I just like for the short term, yes, your money's going to be long or whatever. But in the long term, like no shade, no tea. Okay, a little bit of shade. If I see you selling like some flat tummy tea or something, I'm gonna be like, "Girl, mm. don't even." <laughs> I've been trying to avoid that, but let me tell you about these TLC bitches, bro. <laughs> Lord, have they come? They tried. Oh, they have tried to convince me to do that shit. I'm like, listen, I just rather not. Right, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm leave that there. I'm gonna pick right. it up, I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so, you know, we, we had a little bit of a, a tangent of sorts, a good conversation. Uh, y'all know, well, people who've been on my podcast know I usually have an agenda, but sometimes the conversation is too good to be sticking to the script, so that was just me and Miss Sarah Vega off script just talking about what she's passionate about and I do want to say I don't know I feel like as women sometimes we like are told not to be like you know passionate but like I love it like Sarah was going off and I was like go off like please go off I want to hear it (laughs) that's that real unfiltered that I like to see in media that I consume so thank you for that Sarah I appreciate it and you being super honest about getting denied for that and how that's affected your life and why you do what you do and how that inspired you to create Luho. A lot of people mm-hmm. keep shit to themselves. They're like, you know what? Good luck, y'all. But you're like, nope, this is a problem that I'm facing and I'm going to share with you what works for me because it obviously works for me. Like, all right. <laughs> so one last question before we get into the final segment of the show. Where do you hope to see DK Media and Luho in five years, Sarah? Where do I hope to see DK? First of all, I would like to see it in five years to be an an actual full fledged network advertising. You know the music sector, producing music. I would like to see it at a level like Rock Nation, like um, you know Revolt TV. You know my own cable channel. That's kind of what I wanted. I wanted a BET, a MTV, a Univision. I want to be my own entity in every uh, aspect of the word. Right. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm literally, I made it this far just off my gut and, in, and intuition. So I'm going to continue to follow that and educate myself and do what I have to do because I see myself as an entity to that level. And I feel like with God's provision and his direction, I can get there. For sure. And I will get there. And with Lujo, now it's taking on like that. Honestly, that makes me so proud. Like, I want to cry. <laughs> because no, that's taking sure. on like such a life of its own that, you know, people didn't give a damn about their teeth. And now it's like, oh, Sarah told me how to drink green juice. I'm like, I mean, you knew. I just reminded <laughs> you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you knew how to brush your teeth. I'm just showing you a new way to brush your teeth. But with Lujo... I see myself as a globally distributed brand. I see this 
in Africa. I see this in the Dominican Republic. I see this in Europe. I see this in the Americas. I see this on CVS, you know, I see it on CVS. I see it in Rite Aid. I see it in Dwayne Reed. I see people picking it up and talking about it like, oh, I ran out of Lujo. Let me go pick some up. You know, I see myself having a, a Procter & Gamble. Like, I'm coming for that neck. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming for Crest, you know? And I see that happening soon, not even in five years. As far as the teeth whitening, I see having myself a clinic. I want a full service clinic. I want a full dentistry clinic where you can come get your teeth clean, get your teeth whitened. You know, you want a little bit of tooth jewelry. I got you, boo. Here you go. And, you know, you want a grill? I got you on that, too. I'm still excited about I, that. I don't want you to, <laughs> like, I ain't forget. <laughs> you heard me spaz out. I've been wanting a grill since I turned 24. Right. But everything takes time. And I do think that in a five-year span, I could reach that because as you labeled me, and I love the label because that's how I been saw myself, I cultivate culture. And For what sure. I want to cultivate with dentistry and teeth health is to be integrated into the hip hop culture we all know and love and grew up with. You know, hip hop moves the world. Hello. You know, black people move the world. And, you know, Afro-Caribbean people move the world. So I need to get teeth and the conversation of it and how to take care of yourself in those moments. Now they're talking about how, oh, Johnny Dang, like the grill guy or whatever, that's low-key my dentist. No, I know I'll make it when a rapper of a certain stature shouts me out mm-hmm. on some casual shit. Like, I don't want to ask for the shout-out. Mm-hmm. Got Lujo on my teeth. Now I'm blinging. Like, that type of shit. Right. I want Lujo to be synonymous with dental care. I want people to have problems pronouncing it right, you know, because it's that popular. Mm-hmm. And... Several different clinics, several different, you know, stations, locations that I sell the game. I give you the opportunity to, you know, that you know what to do. And if you work for me, I want to put you through through dental hygienist school so you know how to do it properly. Yes. You know what? I mean, those are lofty goals. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm here for it. They are lofty, but you know. I, I want to flip the fucking table. You know, I always hype you up in your DMs, Sarah. Like, I really do see big things for you. And just because, like, that's just that you have this presence about you that, like, I know you're going to do some big shit. Like, I can't really describe it. You know, I'd be going with the vibes or whatever. But, like, it's just something about you that I'm like, nah, this chick is going to blow up. And I really, truly feel that for you. And I see it for you. And I just know that right now you're in the season of figuring out how how you're going to go about that. And like you said, you've been following your intuition this far. It hasn't led you astray. Or maybe it has and you, you know, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. That's, you know, we share what we want to share is basically what I'm saying. But you've gotten no, this I've far. No, had, I've had my moments. Yeah. Right. So I feel like I see that for you. And I'm going to be like, see, I try, I try to put y'all all back in. November, October of 2020, and y'all wasn't trying to hear your girl, but now look at Miss Sarah Vega. She done blew up. I really feel that. So <laughs> I'm excited to witness that journey. Every time you do something, I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> go off, Sarah. Do that. Do that. Because people, people are too used to, you know, we all struggle with it. Me in law school, I feel like I struggle with like, you know, self doubt and feeling like, 
oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I feel like, I don't know if it's just part of your brand or how you try to present yourself, but you always come off so sure. And that's really inspiring mm-hmm. to me. Like, even if you're not, like, I feel like, well, you know, like I said, you share what you share. No, you I'm share. confident. Yeah. So it's like, for you know, me, I, I love that. I love seeing women who, one, know they're fucking dope because too often we're trying to, we're told to like downplay who we are, you know, be humble, which, you know, I think there's a balance between humility and letting people know you're the shit. Because if you don't think you're the shit and you don't carry yourself as a shit, nobody else is really going to think you're the shit. Right. And, you know, we can end it with this. It's not that I, I've had to learn where my true confidence comes from. I know I'm dope, but I would, again, that show and prove that I felt like the world needed to see that. And once I kind of just chilled out and really was like, yo, this is for me and this is how God navigates my life and this is the, the life that God has designed for me and some of my choices led me up here either by not listening or listening, that right there shows I'm dope. I don't have to prove it to you. You see me. Right. We do. I do. And I love it. I do. I love it. And like I said, I'm super excited to see, you know, what you do. Because I just know you're about to do some great shit. But, you know, we've been chatting for a long time. You know, my listeners, I don't know. It's about to be. (laughs) Yeah, about to be two hours hours or so. It's about an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know what the editing is going to look like. We're going to see. But, you know, about an hour and a half. So I'm going to just go ahead and, um, you know, thank you for all that insight. But, you know, you're on the podcast. Handle your scandal. So I got to ask. You know, you're currently balancing DK Media, DK the podcast, Luha Wellness, family, friends, um, your health, everything in between. So tell us, how do you handle your scandal, a.k.a. balance your busy life? Prayer. That's just prayer, you know? That's it. Prayer. Because if you don't hear, listen, to handle this scandal, I need a lot of God. Because I myself, I'm I'm, I'm human and I'm nothing without him. And Lujo and Dika did not come from me because I'm not that smart as a human being living on this earth to say, oh, I can make my own shit. All this came from years of preparation and trials and struggles and tears. Every no and every downfall and every embarrassment and every gossip that was about me led me to this point. That's why I don't give a damn what you say or how you said it because what I've been through, you could not survive. And that's what it is. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's your reactions for me. It's the reactions for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still new to this. I mean, I'm, you know, this like episode 22. I'm still new to this whole like podcast conversation a little bit. Not new, new, but kind of new. You know, like you really just, you know, you, you said what I've been through, you wouldn't survive. And I feel like that's some real shit. Like you, you know, you know your journey. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, listen to your stuff. So I know a little bit. But you know what you've been through, and I like that you said, you know, I mean, I personally think you are hella smart, but I like that you said, like, you know that it's something bigger than you. You know that God is in your life because it's something that has moved you to be where you're at, right? Right. And I think that that is so important to handling your scandal is, you know, knowing that there's something bigger than you. I mean, you know, people have their different beliefs, but me personally, I agree with that, that there are things bigger than us working together or working 
with us to lead us to where we're going. So she said the way she handles her scandal is prayer and giving it to God. And I feel like that is different. Like, that's probably why I was so taken aback. You don't hear, like, maybe it's just the media that I'm following that I need to work on what I'm consuming on the internet. But like, you don't hear that often. And I think that's maybe why I was so like, dumbfounded. (laughs) She said it's the reactions for me. But no, like, you know, that's just, sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for this entire episode. Like, I feel like I'm a little all over the place, but you know, you just really inspire me and just your, you know, your transparency, your openness, your willingness to share your highs and lows and everything in between is just so inspiring to me as a creative. That's somewhere I'm trying to be in that sweet spot of like not oversharing, but letting people know like this is what it is. And don't ever try to say it was like overnight because Years have been in the making. You've been at this a long right. time. And yeah, I appreciate you. I say all that to say I appreciate you for coming on the show. And I, I want to just thank you and express my gratitude for not only you coming on my show, you know, taking time out of your life to do that, but also sharing everything that you share with us as your followers and people, your audience who engage with your content. I appreciate you. No, of course. No problem. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for having me, though. Of course, of course. And anytime, I just, you know, we going I'm gonna be in the DMs. We gonna be chatting. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> y'all, make sure you follow Sarah and DK and Luho. You heard it here on Handle Your Scandal. I already know Sarah. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I already know she' about to blow up. I believe that. I'm speaking that for her. She believes it. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to speak for her, but like, I know she knows that she's dope and she knows what she's going to do. And she said, like she said, they're lofty goals, but they're doable. They're obtainable. So y'all go ahead and follow her and DK and Luho on Instagram. Uh, Sarah, do you want to do your handles? Or I could do them. It's up to you. My, you could put it in the thing. You could follow me at Sarah Vega, DK Media, Luho Tooth Polish. It'll be in the description box provided by Mata. Yeah, so y'all go ahead, um, do that right now. Don't waste no time. Uh, also, you can keep up with her at her website, dkmedia.com, which will also be in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in, listeners. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and make sure to handle your scandal. Bye-bye.